We're all here. <laughs> Welcome to the Curio. 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 Podcast.org. Welcome to episode 26, guys. 26? What? 26! What? Dang. We're astounded every time the number goes up. Like we didn't expect it. Yep. I don't know. The numbers aren't going backwards, they're going forwards. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. This week we're here with our friend Beck. Hello. Our semi permanent quasi regular proto guest. Okay. <laughs> Proto guest slash permanent installation. Slash beautiful haired lady. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so long and luxurious. What are we talking about today, guys? We're talking about motherly advice. Mm-hmm. So we have the perfect guest for that today because her <laughs> mother was everyone's mother. Yes. And, and I was racking my brain about mother, like, quote motherly advice right. but most of my mother's advice were like tips yeah like, that counts yeah okay i just you know i was like trying to think you know like i don't know i was thinking of like quotes and stuff but it's nothing nothing like that it's it's more like when you make a pie crust use ice cold water and right you know clean as you go and well those are good things yeah though. i mean that's you know life life skills yeah Kind of be stuff. on time or early early yeah my mother was always early yeah. and we've all learned that from her so we had a submission on on um twitter when i asked the question and it was a very interesting one. Oh. um so i asked on twitter uh what is the best advice your mom ever bestowed upon you and someone named heidi hello heidi responded talk to people after they've used the bathroom People are more clear-headed and happier. LOL. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's brilliant. That is, because that's... when I come home from work and I have to pee yeah. and my kids start talking to me, I say, nope, if you ask me anything right now, the answer will be no. <laughs> I am right. no until Please don't I talk to me right now. go to the bathroom and change my clothes. Then you can talk to me and ask right. me a question. But yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. It does. It really They're, does. Yeah. Leave me alone in the bathroom, kids. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, we all have all of our kids are older now, but like, oh my God, when they were I little, s- Ella still comes into the bathroom when I'm in there. Oh, you're peeing? Yeah. Or they talk to you through the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you just? I'm not in here that long. <laughs> can Can it just wait? Just give me a couple minutes of just nice silence. Just quiet, relaxing. Pee-pee time. Pee-pee time! Especially if it's like a movie pee. Oh, yeah. Where it's been building up. Oh, Lord. That's the, what I refer to as the movie pee, is the one that, like, drag on for, like, five minutes. And you're like, oh, is it ever <laughs> going to yes. stop? Oh, you know, those ones. <laughs> I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> so, you enjoy peeing a lot, Beck. Well, your mom used to say pee-pee la-la. She oh, yeah. would la-la. suddenly say... I have to go pee pee la la and off to the bathroom she'd go and it I was still like, say it I do too do I said I. it the mm-hmm. other day pee-pee and la-la. it's kind of like a happy thing like pee pee la la it's time to go pee pee la la so mm-hmm. that's how I potty train my kids 
(laughs) you know stuff like that it's just you know very strange very strange so kim do you remember anything that your mom told you do you remember any pearls of wisdom um the first one that comes to mind is she told me to never wear white shoes because i have big feet (laughs) and my (laughs) your feet aren't even that big and my feet would look like quote gunboats <laughs> nice yeah that's oh. what you want to hear when you're a you know a growing teenager a young budding, a budding lady. young lady don't wear white shoes well and it was it was good advice and i realized um that white shoes i don't like white shoes and i don't know if it's because she told me that or it's because i just don't like them i'm not a big fan but either. i can't wear white anything yeah. shoes pants oh, neither shirts can I. No. I, i'm a mess i yeah. have a white shirt in my closet that I always look at like, ooh, and then I think, Ugh. because I know the minute I put it on, I'm going to spill coffee on it. Right. I'm going to, some kind of weird schmuck's going to happen to it. Oh, there's that word, not schmuck. Stuff, things, icky stuff will happen to it. So, yeah, I just stay away from white. My kids, and I've told them, white shoes, maybe not a great idea because they don't stay white right. and they get a little OCD about it. About their white shoes staying white. Well, the white shoes that were in when we were teenagers are back in. All of oh, the Adidas style, yeah. Reebok style, um, they're all back in. Asha just bought a pair. We went to the mall. We had to go to like six different stores. And she got the ones that are all white. And she's like, these See, are the my ones. My tennis shoes are always, I always buy, if I buy tennis shoes, they're white. But I don't care if they stay white. Right. I just prefer white tennis shoes. I don't really like black tennis shoes. I wear black boots. But I like tennis shoes to me are like... Remember the old, like, Nike hardtops? Yeah. Tennis shoes, like the hard leather ones? Yeah. I used to love those. They were mm-hmm. white with, like, a blue or a red stripe. But for those me, are coming back. it's hard to find plain white tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. They usually have some funky neon color on them, or they're, they're like, this hideous green. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's like, I can't find... Nor any. That's a whole different That's subject. Weird, but how how those things sink yeah. into our psyches, and we just kind of identify with yeah. them. What about your mom? Um, I was trying to think of that today, and I mean, you guys know my mom. Great, gentle, creative, wonderful person. Mm-hmm. When I was thinking today, like pearls of wisdom from my mother, the only things I remember are from when I was older, because. And this is the God's honest truth, even though I don't believe in God. But um, I don't remember her speaking when I was little. I don't remember her. I don't remember having conversations with her. She was always quiet, engaged in, in a handicraft activity or reading a book or washing dishes or something. Mm-hmm. I, I literally can't remember hearing her voice then. So as I was thinking about it, I was thinking... I feel like the things that I learned from her, like if she were to impart wisdom on me, were things that I just picked up because I saw her doing them. Like her gentleness, her patience, her creativity, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like I just sort of got that by osmosis, but I, I really can't remember her saying anything to me. And she, And she's the kind of person that wouldn't anyway. Like she doesn't really give much like unwarranted unaccepted advice I guess but 
She did, actually, a couple years ago, and I had to lay down the law. (laughs) Not lay down the law, I guess, but anyway. She told me how I should have done something with one of my own children, and I took offense. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, as any mother would. Right. You know, and that's nothing against your mom. It's nothing against you. It's just, you know, you deal with your kids the way you can when you can. You know, and mm-hmm. you're doing the best you can. And for right. someone Your to abilities. say something, you're going to be, yeah. a, no matter how good of a place it comes from, right? it's going to, it's going to sting because you already have your own doubts, you know, mm-hmm. they're already there. Mm-hmm. So you don't need someone pointing them out to you. It's like, you're like, <laughs> you she know, thinks. yeah, no, I get that. That's, that's totally understandable. Yeah. I mean, when I was older, I remember, you know, when I had Quinn, I remember her telling me things that are still in there. Mm-hmm. But I remember more like your mom telling me things or even you telling me things more so than I remember any advice from my mother. But that's just who she is. She would rather like let you figure it out right. or, yeah, you she's... know, she would stay quiet and, and not react. And I, I feel like I got that from her. Mm-hmm. But... My dad had all the advice for everyone in all the whole entire world, but I'm not sure how much of it was sound. <laughs> <laughs> my dad had my dad had bits of advice slash directives, and they were they were all very spot on, and they were like not negotiable. Like you don't abuse credit cards, or you mow the lawn every week, or this is what's going to happen. And then he'd kind of let me figure that out. But mm-hmm. he was always, you know, <clears throat> he wasn't always telling me what to do. He right. wasn't always interjecting. Yeah. So do you remember any pearls from Donna? Let's see. Yeah, I was I was racking my brain for that. And, you know, I think... I think it's generational, like, like Mm kind of like with your mom and and Kim with your mom, it it wasn't so much of these are my pearls of wisdom. It was like, this is how things are done. Um, you know, like, like mostly etiquette, Mm -hmm. I think, um, she imparted with like the good old European etiquette saying, you know, please and thank you. Thank you. Cards Mm -hmm. being on time, how to set a table, Mm -hmm. um, you know how to cook my mom taught me a lot about cooking it was um my great grandmother that taught me how to bake mm-hmm. um, most of that but i remember going to dinner at your house um with your family and it was it was very it was always it was always a really pleasant experience it was mm-hmm. always very nice the food was always good um but there was a, gosh, it's really hard to explain, like a vibe or just a flow that would happen. Like everybody pitched in. Yeah. you did. Nobody stood around Mm-mm. in Donna's kitchen. Mm-mm. If you were in that kitchen, you, you had better be doing something. Mm-hmm. Setting the table or peeling vegetables or making a salad, whatever, whatever needed to happen. And it was, and it, it was just a really comfortable kind of community feeling. I don't. I don't know how to say that That's, any better, that... but yeah, you know, like you're a part of. Yeah, we're all doing this together. Yeah. Everybody participates. And yeah. when we were older, when we all had husbands or boyfriends or whatever, and if we were having a family thing with, and and the boyfriends were there, 
um, me and my sisters and my mom, we would do all the cooking. Mm -hmm. And then all the boys would go in and clean up. Because mm -hmm. whoever cooked didn't have to clean. Right. So yeah. the joke was uh, once we were done with dessert or once we were done with dinner and we were all sitting in the living room, my mom would say, okay, all the vaginas stay here and all the penises <laughs> go in the kitchen and Mark will tell you what to do. <laughs> so that's, that's... Donna was also the Etiquette, one... yet... Who... <laughs> you know, right. Well... Lots of geez. colorful language. What's for dinner tonight, Donna? Chicken tits. Yep. <laughs> okay. Chicken tits. Do you want to tell your mom or what... Tell everybody what your mom... Um, did before she became a mother um my mother was in the convent <laughs> and she was a, a novitiate and it was right before she was supposed to take her vows that um she got upset and told her mother superior to get her own goddamn tea <gasps> and she left the convent now the only reason she went into the convent in the first place was because her parents who were good old catholics would not let her move out with her girlfriend as a roommate she could only move out if she was married or if she went to the convent. You're kidding. Wow. I didn't know that. Girls know did that not move out of their home unless they were married oh. or they were going to be a nun. Oh and this gosh. was in the 60s. Um, 50s. The 50s? Because Bernadette was born in the early 60s. Oh. Bernadette and Marianne were born mid to mid, mid 60s. They're 18 months apart. Okay. So she came out of the convent and got married to my dad mm -hmm. so she could get out of her family home. Um, so when she came out of the convent, she went home to her parents? Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought she, like, ran off. Like, they wouldn't even let her. She wanted to take algebra at school, and the girls had to get permission. Oh, my God. This was Catholic school. You're fucking kidding me. <laughs> she had to get permission. Her parents had to sign a permission slip, but her parents would not sign it because what was she going to need algebra for? You're fucking she, kidding me. She no. couldn't even just take it just to no, learn. There's no reason for her to take it. That's how she was brought up. So my mom was very angry. Yeah. Um, and that's why she raised us the way she did. Right. She raised us to, even though we were, we were raised in the Catholic upbringing, like we did go to church when I was little. It was a hippie church. Yeah. But it was a church. But she all, she told us to question everything all the time question everything don't just take it at face value which is really inconsistent with being a catholic but okay you know <laughs> i mean bernadette it shows and, you the conflict that probably a lot of catholics are in yeah i mean bernadette she had bernadette and marianne went through catechism mm -hmm. took their first holy communion i started catechism and i don't remember this exactly but i was told later that i was it was suggested I sh I don't, didn't need to continue. <laughs> you got kicked out of catechism. <laughs> because I asked too many questions. Oh, wow. Oh, my So God. I never went through catechism. I never took my first Holy Communion. I never did that. Bernadette and Marianne did. Let but that me tell you as me. an adult, speaking to little Becky, I'm proud of you. Like, I have been the way I am for a long time. <laughs> long time you got kicked out of catechism so you know but <clears throat> that was something yeah. else that my mom told me i just remembered that she told me to always ask questions mm -hmm. always she said there's never there's there are no stupid questions mm -hmm. you ask them ask 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 there i have a co-worker that says there are no stupid questions there are only stupid people 
And there's a pearl of wisdom from your mom, Beck. <laughs> but yeah, so she was she was a she was a nun. She got left, became married, and then she divorced my dad. Then she was in a cover band uh, for a while that did you know local touring bars. They toured in Alaska. They did like Fleetwood Mac, all that stuff. She was a singer, mm-hmm. and then she came home, and then she was a secretary. You know, she was just a medical secretary for years and years and years, and then a massage therapist, and now she's retired. So, Wow. What a life. Right. Yeah. The Catholic Church almost stole you from this universe. Yeah, but my, I think my, you know. My, I know. You know my mom. <laughs> I mean, yeah. She, the convent she entered in wasn't the original one she wanted. It was, I think it was the, I can't remember if it's Carmelite or Franciscan, or it's one or the other, mm-hmm. but the order she ended up joining had to take a vow of silence. No. <laughs> Your mother? <laughs> oh, Ziggy. And she would constantly get in trouble. For not being silent? And she was at the convent where they filmed The Sound of Music. Really? While they were filming The Sound of Music. Oh, wow. She was there. What? Yeah. Huh. So if you could figure out what convent that was filmed at, that's that's the that's the she order she was in. She is literally Maria because Maria kept getting in trouble for singing. And she would get in mm-hmm. trouble because like she would be watching the actors singing and dancing, and she'd be over there singing and dancing along with it. She get in so much trouble. <laughs> it's great. So the funny thing about taking a vow of silence, if you could explain that to our listeners about your mother, my mother. my mother loves to talk she's a talker she she will leave you a three minute message on your voicemail just about nothing until like (laughs) but she'll she'll leave the an important tidbit question somewhere Somewhere. in the message and if you don't listen to the whole whole message and you call her back she'll go well did you listen did you listen to the whole message and you're like um I had to go pee pee Lala. <laughs> no, seriously, I've gotten like two minute messages from her. Oh my well, I remember when we all lived together that yeah. we would, you know, we had an answering machine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I it would be like, you know, five Betty's messages that were each five minutes long. Your mom called. Oh. <laughs> I love my mother. My mother helps, has been very supportive. Yeah. She's always there for me. Um, and our, it's these little quirks that we live with. But, oh, my God. <laughs> Along those lines, when, when Kim and I went up to the cabin last week, um, I guess my mother had called, and I wasn't near my phone. And so there was a missed call and then a text message that says, your vo- your mailbox is full. And so I went to my <laughs> mailbox to clear it out, and the, all the messages were from her. <laughs> and I called her back, and I'm like, my mailbox is full because of you. <laughs> You've used up all your space for the week. <laughs> yep, you're you're reached your quota. <clears throat> but when I think of that, like I I try to imagine like when my children leave the house, like what kind of like remote mother am I going to be, and am I going to be able to like leave them alone, or you know, I don't know. How does that? Yeah, I don't. It must it must hurt a little bit. I think it depends on your situation. I mean, for my mom, since she's retired and she had to retire, it was forced retirement because of her eyes. Right. Um, she had to have a bunch of surgeries and she couldn't work. Um, 
but she's bored. Yeah. And she doesn't really have anyone to talk to during the day. So, mm. you know, before I got the extra work at work, she would call me and we kind of chit chat while I was working. But lately it's been, I really don't have time to chit chat. And I kind of had to like, and luckily she, she took it well, but I had to lay down the law like, mom, I'm really, really slammed right now. I called her when I got home. I go, I'm really, really slammed right now at work. Unless it's really an emergency, if it can wait until I get home, then I'll have time to talk. But I really don't have time to talk at work unless it's an emergency. And she's been very good. Because, you know, I mean, I'll get calls that are like, I'll hang up going, this couldn't have waited until 4.30. Like, I'm literally home at like 4.40. You know what I mean? Like... Oh god, this is this is so bewildering to me, you know, because this does not happen in my life. Right. Right. You know, my mom's gone, and my dad. I call my dad, and he wants to know exactly what it is that I'm calling about. He does not like idle chit chat. Right, right. It's like, okay, dad, this and this and this. Okay, well, that sounds good. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so it's. It, I have an. I have another friend who, um, every day. Like clockwork at the same time every single day, they would talk on the phone while her mom was at work and mm-hmm. she was working. And I was like, what do you talk about every day? What what do you talk about every day? Like, how do you how do you have an hour long conversation with the same person every single day? I don't know. I, I don't. You I know. just think it's really interesting. You know, most of our conversation, my mom and I, our conversation is her asking me questions about stuff that I may have brought up. So I have learned I don't tell my mom anything until I know the answer. Like, like, oh, I see what you're saying. Like, I know the full story. Right. Because otherwise, if I tell her too soon before I have the outcome, I will get bombarded with questions. I was thinking, what about blah, blah, blah? Yeah, and I, I don't work well under that kind of pressure at all. And I, I'll get frustrated, and then I don't want to get short with her because I know it's her. I can't, and I've, told, I've had to have this conversation with the kids. Nana is Nana. Nana is old. Nana is not going to change. Mm-hmm. We cannot expect her to change. She, I think, part of Abby's ADHD comes from Nana. Mm -hmm. So, because my mom has anxiety about, I mean, I mean, she can be so laid back about some things, but But so not laid back about other things. Oh, I remember that when we were teenagers, and she, and I, Oh, 24 hours notice to spend the night at someone's house? I understand it a little better talk to me if you want to try pot, I'll give it to you. (laughs) Right. How confusing is that? She and I remember you'd be like, no, I didn't, I didn't ask my mom in enough time to spend the night. And, and I'd be like, what? But it's 10 hours isn't good enough. Like, <laughs> like I, if, if I wanted to spend the night at Kim's house on Friday, I would have had to ask early Thursday. Right. But if I didn't know, and Kim said Friday morning at school, hey, you want to spend the night tonight? It'd be like, no, I can't. Mm-hmm. Wow. I thought your situation was strict having to go home after school. Oh, yeah. But I forgot about the the spending the night rule. 
Well, it's like when I when I was in high school and stuff. The way I would describe my mom is, my mom could talk sex, drugs, and rock and roll. She could totally, totally talk it. But if you do not take the can out, you put it in the can crusher and put it in the recycler. <laughs> You are grounded. Oh yes, yes. the the manage the space management in her home. Oh, is, she's organized yeah. and everything is and put. It's a museum, but it's knows, a well. It's warm. It is. Warm. It is. It is. But warm. it is That's a museum. Thing. It is clean like a museum. I used to. Do you remember? I used to go over there when we were teenagers, yeah. and I would just move things like little knickknacks <laughs> around the house. Like yeah, I would just like move them a little bit here, yeah. maybe a little bit there, and she would be like walk into the room and be like, boom. And she'd just eagle eye right on it. And she'd walk over and fix it, go about her business. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yep. I wonder what our kids are going to think about us when they're grown. What do you think your kids will think about you, Beth? I don't know. I mean, Abby and I have a really good relationship as far as um, being able to mess with each other and talk mm-hmm. and and um, be honest, you know, Um I've always told the kids, I will never lie to you. If I can't answer something, I'll tell you I can't answer it. Or if if I don't think you're ready to, to, when they were younger, if I don't think you're ready to understand, I'll just say, I don't think you're ready to understand. I'll explain it when you're a little bit older. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you, you know what I mean? So we have a really good um, trust thing. And I'm, you know, Abby's like, she's like, I wish I could be as, um, what is it? calm or chill i wish i could be as chill as you mom because she's really like just mm-hmm. anxiety and i'm like well you know i'm not chill all the That's time a facade it, you know i i pick my battles mm-hmm. uh i hope fairly well yeah but i would hope that you know it's they don't remember me as like i don't know being too I guess chatty like I guess my fear is that I would annoy them like my mother annoys me sometimes <laughs> so I kind of do my best and try not to you know what I mean like yeah. I don't know I do if if I I just that when I come home I go how was your day and they're like good if they want to tell me about their day great if they don't fine mm-hmm. I try not to badger them about it yeah so you know I would hope that you know mom's cool she didn't like give us hard you know what I mean like yeah they're, they know what the boundaries I have boundaries and stuff it's just I'm not super loud about them mm-hmm. well you're you're really good at maintaining boundaries yeah mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. like they're very you don't my my view is you don't have a ton of rules Mm-mm. you've got some really basic rules and they are maintained and they're not off the charts you know what I mean it's just kind of common sense yeah take care of your own space you know, just basic things that aren't, it's not rocket science for the kids to figure out. Yeah. It's just do this by this time. And yeah, well, it's like sometimes like when I get on, I have had to, it's in the last year I've gotten really better, but I was having to get on them about picking up certain things or I have a rule, but I don't like you eating in, in your room. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just from my own upbringing. You don't eat in, in your bed. You don't eat on your bed. You don't eat in your room. But because the our space is very small, we've all come to a, a compromise where if Abby's, like, on a call with her friends, I'll let her have some food, depending on what it is. Like, if it's tacos, no. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If it's snack, on your floor, you can sit on your floor. 
with your snack. I just have, it's a pet peeve of eating in a bed. It's just kind of gross to me anyway. Yeah. So, um, they were giving me a hard time. Like, and I go, these are the eating in your room rule has been since the day they came home from the hospital. That's never changed, never varied. And we were at the apartment a couple of years ago and Abby was giving me like a hard time about it. And I'm like, Look, this is so old school. This is like an old rule. I go, I don't have many rules, but the ones I do have, I expect you to just follow them. Yeah. You know, and it's just like what you said. It's like you, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's quality. It's not quantity. They don't need a bunch of like lanes to be in. They just right. need, you know, they don't need to be micro guidelines. You know? Right. So, yeah. Um, what do you hope your kids think about you when they are grown and gone? Oh, I don't, well, I can't, right now they're both really pissed off at me. They're <laughs> both of them? <laughs> yeah. What did you do, woman? She was just being my mom. I was just trying to <laughs> maintain some boundaries and like, you know. So, yeah, they're both kind of pissed at me right now. So they're you both, can't think of it? They're both pushing, they're both pushing everywhere right now. And, um, and they're, it's, it's, yeah, we've had a bad couple of days. So they're 15 and 17, right? 15 and 17. Totally normal for that age. And, oh, it is. It is. I know it is. But I try to be open with them. I try to, I don't, we don't, again, we don't have a ton of rules at our house. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, respect the space, respect your own space. I don't care what their rooms look like unless it's going to cost me money. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, um, so, gosh, I guess, I don't know, about a year ago, um, all of a sudden, Josh comes running out of his room. He's like, there's a fire in my room. And I'm like, what? What? And so we go up there to discover, and I didn't know this could happen, a battery, just a good old, like, double-A, regular battery. Um, they will spontaneously combust. And it was on his floor and blew up. And the carpet was on fire, and um, we got it put out, and we figured out what it was and everything, and got the toxic fumes out of his room. And so, you know, then I was like, so, you know, when we ask you guys to kind of clean your room and keep, you know, take the trash out, get rid of the trash, this is why. Like, if you don't get rid of the, the trash and they have food in their rooms. The maggots come. The maggots come. The rats come. The bugs come. And that's gross. And that's not, that's no way to live. What? <laughs> what? You're kidding. And that's, so, you know, that's yeah. kind of hit home. That's such but, a novel idea. But then there are other, you know, things like if you're going to do laundry, do a load of laundry, a load of laundry, and take it back up to your room because they will, they will, um, they'll clean their room. And then deposit all of their laundry, whether it's dirty or clean, in the laundry room. And so I've got, you know... I don't understand. So instead of putting their clothes away... Oh, so they don't know which clothes are dirty and which are clean? No. So they're just bringing a giant pile. Oh, Ella does that too. I know Many giant piles. And so I had asked Josh repeatedly not to do this because he would leave a pile in the bathroom downstairs. Um, There would be multiple baskets in the laundry room which is tiny it's a small space and it would be like dude i you're old enough to do your own laundry that's one of my things is that you know if if you are able to do it you should be doing it on your own Mm -hmm. 
Um, but nobody else could do laundry <laughs> because he'd monopolize the whole space. Asked him nicely, asked him nicely, asked him nicely. And finally, I could not do my laundry, so I got a big black trash bag. I put all of his clothes in the black trash bag, and I hauled him off into the spare room. And I left him there until he asked for him. <laughs> and because I had to get my shit done. Yeah. And so he comes down, and he's all pissed off. He's like, well, well, no, he wasn't pissed at first. He said, do you... Do you know where that load of laundry was? And I said, which one? <laughs> I said, yeah, I load. do. I do know where it, where it is. And I know where all the other loads of laundry are, too. Well, where would you do them? I said, I hid them from you. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave. I went and I got them and I gave them to him. And he was like, why did you put them in the trash bag? I said, Josh, I have to. I got stuff to do, dude. I can't navigate all of this. I don't know what's clean. I don't know what's dirty. I don't know what the hell is going on. I had to move that out of there so I could get my work done in the laundry room. And he was so pissed at me. Just pissed. Wow. And it's like, what am I supposed to do? Nothing. Well, He's going to be pissed. It wasn't a dirty trash bag. No, right? it was it right. was clean. Right. It, was it like, wasn't I like I dump out the away. trash and put it in the trash bag. It's like, dude. <laughs> fucking chill it's a clean bag yeah it's and it's just they're they're pushing boundaries all over the place lately and it's and i have to be constantly pushing back but i would hope that i would be remembered as the mom who was you know supportive and available and you know helping to get their needs met and somebody who was who would listen when they mm -hmm. needed to talk well, I feel like they talk to you about stuff. They oh, tell yeah. you lots yeah, of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think maybe we, more than you even want to know. Sometimes, yeah. yeah, I have to tell them. I that's not for me to know. That's <laughs> your business, yeah. and you need to keep that over <laughs> there. Like, yep. Not Marcus. No, he seems tight-lipped. He's very tight-lipped. So it's a different experience with Marcus. But Abby is like every thought. Every thought. A little Donna-esque? Um, sure. She's very sherry. Well, that also means that she uh, trusts you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'd rather her tell me than hide stuff from me. Right. But there are times where I will look at her and I go, you know, it's okay if I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, or I say, you know, as a mom, I'm not sure if I'm really ready to hear that. Right. You know, I go, it's cool, but I wasn't really prepared. And we'll, you know, like, we'll end up laughing about it because I'm like totally, oh, Jesus. And then, you know, it's such on. a different time it for really us is. than it yeah. was for our parents. And, you know, I mean, I've had conversations with Abby. It's like when she was going through some of her rough times, she was, I would say things from my own upbringing that were completely wrong. Right. Because I don't. You didn't know any better. I didn't know yeah. any better. And we would have conversations because she'd call me on it. And I'm like, look, I was raised in a time where my mom didn't ask and never asked me how I felt. Oh, mm -hmm. no. Unless I was sick. Mm -hmm. But not how I felt about stuff. That is not anything that was, was discussed. Mm -hmm. You know, that was something you worked out on your own or with your friends or in a corner and you know well it was the that was the generation of chin up handle it yeah i was you know what yeah. i mean it Suck doesn't it up. a lot of times it's like well it doesn't really matter how you feel about it you still have to get it done you mm -hmm. still have to do this this is what's in front of you right mm -hmm. now and feel yeah. how you will but that's secondary 
Yeah. But I mean, in this Abby's generation, I mean, everybody talks about she op- like on a group call, I'll walk into the room to do something in the bathroom or something. And they're like, it's a mixed group guys. And, you know, her mm-hmm. boyfriend, another, a couple guys and then another girl. And they're all talking. And it's like the girls are talking about their period on the group call. And it's oh, like, yeah. I'm thinking about when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Well, know, nobody ever talked about that. Oh, right. You know yeah. I mean? Like it, you could barely ask someone for a pad or a tampon at, in the school stall. Like if you needed one, you know, right. what I mean? it was like nobody could know you were on your period ever. Oh, well, no, you talked about it among now. your well, very a little bit. But I mean, friends, I don't remember but... ever feeling like that's why I was always prepared, but mm-hmm. feeling comfortable enough, like, oh, if I don't have something, I can just ask somebody for, for right. something. Right. Oh, know? yeah. No, 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 no. That was that was just like unheard of, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I've explained that to Abby. I go, so please be patient with me. I'm trying. And, you know, we've, we've come a long way mm-hmm. in the type of vocabulary I use with her um, as opposed to what was used with me. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and. It's been a learning experience, you know, but there's still that old school part of me that's like, just fucking suck it up. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I go there too. Like it's, you know, you just, but it's just hard. It's so ingrained, Mm -hmm. you know, that. Well, also with the, like doing things that I ask you to do, if I just expect it, if I ask in a respectful way, like, Hey, you guys, can you unload the dishwasher, you know, mm-hmm. in the next like 20 minutes or so? Because I'm going to clean the kitchen. And I need to load the dishwasher. I kind of just expect that to happen because it's not like they're doing anything, you know, Chloe's watching TV and Josh is on his phone or right playing a video game. And to me, those are those activities can be interrupted yeah, for a whole five a, minutes. There's a pause there. You know, I'm constantly being interrupted. I was I was doing some writing the other day and I um and I told the family I said look I'm hunkering down I got to get this done it's going to take me a while and I'm asking everybody to leave me alone just pretend well, that I'm was not your there. first that was my first mistake Absolutely. yes you don't tell them you need privacy <laughs> and it was like you just every, sneak away it was like mom what are you doing are you done yet no not yet but I'll be done soon okay she goes off, then somebody else comes out. Can you look at this for a minute? And it was just like. It was like when they're toddlers <laughs> and you get on the phone and it's like a magnet. For oh, a the toddler. minute you pick up the phone. Well, my husband is still that way, though. If he sees me on the phone, he just wants to talk or kiss me passionately or whatever. That's so cute. Not when I'm trying to talk on the phone. That's Do you true. think we should take a break? A break? We haven't taken a break. Oh, let's do it. Alright. <laughs> break time! This is turning into a mom bar. It's a morpher. Pride, and I'm done. 
advice for the world. If you were the mom of the world, Kimmy, what would you tell them? What would I tell the world? One good nugget. Um, be kind and respectful to everybody, including yourself. First yourself, and then everybody else. Perfect. And on the heels of our Machiavelli discussion, yes. I, I can't get away from that. It's still inside your head? It is. It's still rattling around. It's like ping-ponging around. But anyway, I, I believe in, in kindness and just respect Good. in general. Here's the mom advice I want to give to the new generation coming up. It's a very specific thing. It's not as general as yours. <laughs> if you are a guest in someone's home, be a good guest. Mm, yes. And when you leave, send them an actual thank you card in the mail thanking them for their kindness. Oh. I think it's really important. Thank you cards are really it's they're kind of antiquated but yeah it's a great idea across the board across the board just yeah. be a good guest and send a thank you card back you yep. um to the world to the world mm -hmm. jesus i mean those are you know really good things um i guess i would probably use the best way my mom brought us up is to question everything just don't take mm, everything yeah. at face value you know anything from what a doctor tells you to what the media tells you to what your faith tells you if it doesn't feel right it ain't right go you know it's dig well, deeper yeah dig deeper and it's usually at the bottom of your gut yeah and that's what's right that's another good one follow your instincts mm. follow your gut listen to your inner voice i've got a good one bring a sweater i'm just kidding <laughs> Absolutely. Oh no, that's a, a great that's great <laughs> advice. Bring a sweater. Absolutely bring a sweater. Yeah. And a spork. Because you never know. Oh. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. All right, I guess we'll yeah. leave it there. Um do we know what we're doing next week? I don't think so. We had lots of ideas. We have ideas. We had, so join us, I guess. We were talking about empathy, starting the empathy. Series. But also, we were thinking about going to see the Jim Carrey thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do an episode on the road, a on field road? trip, a Jim Carrey art field trip. Ooh, that Ooh. would be cool. And then we can start empathy next time. Okay. I feel like we need to have a conversation about it. Empathy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Right. Empathy is right. important. Thanks for joining us, Beck. You're welcome. Thanks, Thanks. for having us. We're going to have Beck's daughter, Abby, who's an excellent artist, um, draw us up a picture of our visages, you know, places. <laughs> that changed in my mind, the word. Visage? Um, yeah. <laughs> what did you change it to in your mind? <laughs> wow. Open I'm book. I'm sorry. Vaginas? What? Vajayjays? She's going to draw a cute little picture of our vaginas. <laughs> That went off the rails. <laughs> we are done. That's too much. All right. CurioPodcast.org. Find us everywhere. Listen. Tell your friends. Leave reviews. Yeah, good ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Excellent. Did you stop it? I a girl with such a potent argument in favor of international relations. A stretch. I close my eyes and I dream of something quite astonishingly different.
And all my days are trances, and all my nightly dreams are where thy dark eye glances. Sexy to my wind.